Welcome to Travolting. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Look Who's Talking To. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Stuart. How are you doing today? You know, I am coming from a fantastic recording session of Chains of Gold, man. You remember how amazing that episode yeah, that was? Yeah, that was a great episode. I, we just talked about yeah. so many amazing things, and I look forward to our audience. Like, you know, this they this ep, the episode should already be out by the time um, this episode comes out, obviously, because yeah. it's before this. But we are talking right after the recording of that one. We haven't put any SD cards in the computer yet, and it's... I just feel like we had like two hours worth of gold. Yeah, that was a good episode. Um, thank you folks for listening last week to Chains of Gold. Yeah. Um, I mean, hope you had a good time listening to the episode. We think it's one of our best. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite thing about that episode that we talked about, Jeff? I mean, in, in pure humor, like I enjoyed my Batman rant. But uh, in terms of the longer form, uh, I think we had a like, because the movie wasn't like super interesting, but I thought we had a really good digression into discussing like how this, how Travolta's like personal life and his like, yeah career kind of intersect it's interesting especially when you consider all the scientology elements involved in chains of gold yeah. which is something that i was not expecting at all yeah i mean uh, for these movies you know mary grace introduced us to that idea yeah um, but now we're starting to tie all the threads yeah you think we could go back to all our other previous episodes and find more scientology threads we might have missed um i don't necessarily think so i don't think travolta was at a place where he had the ability to kind of wedge that into his work yet Mm-hmm. Uh, as he does with these movies and uh you know battlefield earth in the future and some right. other movies yeah yeah i think I'm, I'm looking forward to like all the the future episodes where it gets even more in depth and i think we're probably going to talk about that especially during this episode and look he's talking yeah. to given the, all the elements that we learned scientology wise with the first look yeah. he's talking movie you ever just think about how mary grace just came onto this podcast dropped she a bomb no right. dropped a bomb she and we're had, still picking up the wreckage she had no right no fucking right. <laughs> I was broken. I am broken. I have not quite recovered from that. Y- yeah, I just, I have no words. I it have no words. an amazing moment. Can uh, you put your phone on like the dresser I, just I, so it doesn't vibrate I put, the table? I put it on do not disturb. And it's still vibrating. Uh, it's done. It's done. Okay. You might put it on airplane mode or something. I just did. That's what I did. Okay, cool. Cool. Thank um, you. Um. So look who's talking to. They made a yes. second one of these. By the way. I've said this in our last episode, but we can officially welcome our audience to 1990s Travolta. We can officially welcome you to the 90s. That's the right, 90s. baby. We're in the age of George H.W. Bush, yep. Bill Clinton, Clinton. Uh, runaway capitalism. Oh, my gosh. Um, NAFTA. <laughs> Richie Rich. Oh, Backstreet Boys. Insane. Insane. Britney Spears. Justin Timberlake. Only real 90s kids know. Only real... What year were you born, Jeff? Uh, Should you digress to the audience how old you are? Uh, 1972. I was I was actually born in the midst of the Richard Nixon scandals. That's interesting, because I was born in 1974. Wow, I'm older. You are older. But no, I'm, I'm a late 90s kid. I uh, am a... So you were born in 97 or yes, 96? 97. I was born in 95. Old, so like, You're old as shit. I am old as fuck. Um, so, like, let's have this discussion. 90s kids versus 90s babies 
you and I were 90s babies. We weren't necessarily 90s kids. Yes. We were early 2000s kids, but we were 90s babies. Yes. So, like, because when I... I, I, this took me a while for me to stomach because, you know, as like somebody who prides himself on being a millennial, you like to kind of say like, go with the older crowd and be like, yeah, I'm a nineties kid too. I remember dial up. I remember all this stuff, but in actual, like in actuality, like I really, my earlier childhood memories were like early two thousands. So like, I generally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So like being a nineties kid versus a nineties baby, I feel like even though we, hear a lot about the the purple green white yellow color scheme jackets yeah. and every why was everything purple green yellow and white i have i have no idea it was like pleasing color it was probably some market research shit it had to be so because everything clothing from food everything was like colored that way and so like i remember being told about that and there were still remnants of that in the early 2000s but i didn't live it yeah i didn't live it the 90s was a real, I mean, I wasn't living through it, so I can't say certainty, but to my knowledge, the 90s were a very weird time culturally. Yes. Um, very I think weird this, time this movie's very uh, representative of 90s kind of consumerist culture. Yeah. And all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and this movie doesn't really have Yeah, this a movie lot doesn't of have any points. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this movie doesn't really have any commentary on the changing cultural aspect of but society. We, we will have some movies that are very 90s coming yes. up um yeah and we'll have more of this discussion then and how travolta's career is kind of shifting with the times just yeah. as it had before where he's part of the new hollywood movement in the 70s mm-hmm. kind of settled into the like the uh um the studio system like well, not studio system but the studio uh churning like zero out of ten comedies of the 80s yeah Moving into the 90s where he kind of repositions himself as an indie darling mm-hmm. into some of the major hits of the late 90s. Yeah. But at the, be- at the beginning, he's invested in these weird uh, 90s like knockoff movies. Family like, stuff, right? Yeah, like Chains of Gold, which was... Not a family movie. Kind of a knockoff, like cheap action movie of the 90s. Like it has all the aesthetic qualities of a 90s of action a movie. a broken L.A. cop who has to underco- like go undercover for a drug ring yeah, and has but like, replace undercover cop with an undercover social worker. Yeah, and it has like a lot of, you know, the synth score yeah. and... Uh, we talked two hours about it. I don't think yeah, we, we have Yeah, we talked about like... two hours with Chains of Gold and a lot of like the helicopter shots of cityscapes. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the synthesizer it, stuff yeah, too. Yeah, but it wasn't like a super successful version of that thing. Um, these are very evocative, like the family comedies that came about in the early nineties. Yeah. 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 And this, uh, is a continuation off of look who's talking the first movie. It came out one year after the first one. And I said this after our first recording of look who's talking. It's like they had to like green light this the second it was released, Mm -hmm. if not before it was released. Cause we heard about that, right? Like wasn't Ryan Johnson greenlit for three more star Wars movies before last Jedi was released. I mean, he wasn't greenlit. He was hired to develop a trilogy. So, like... That that happens a lot in Hollywood where they'll hire you to develop a movie um, in yeah. advance because they just want... They want to play their cards. Simple. Okay. Um, what this was, and according to Amy Heckling herself, the director of both this and the first one, uh, she said in uh, an interview in 2016 with The Current, which is a Criterion Collection um, publication. Mm-hmm. I believe she had a, a movie that was in the Criterion Collection, so she was talking with them about it. Yeah. Uh, she mentioned that she was sort of forced into doing this for legal reasons. Really? Yeah, she said she did not really have uh, passion for this movie. It was not a fun experience for her. 
the story was told with the first one. She was forced into this uh, by the studio. But you know what's different about it? What? There's another baby. Yes. And this one has another voice. I think you can tell her lack of passion uh, yes. in this one. Yes. Because the first one, while not like a great movie by any means, has a plot. Kind of. It has an idea. Yeah. Um, it has a gimmick. It's kind. Of, it's pretty well directed. Yeah, like the acting wasn't the bad part of it. Yeah, the acting movie. wasn't bad. It, the I kind of enjoyed the shot structure and the construction of the scenes and whatnot. Yeah. This one is uh, like 75 minutes long. Yeah, it is really short. It has absolutely no plot. So you watched it today, right? I watched it this morning. It felt fast to you, yes, right? Yes, it went by extremely fast. Yeah, like I felt like it was a very I, much... I literally watched this whole movie before I ate breakfast. Yeah. That is how quickly it went by. And I was able to make breakfast in early morning and still watch this beforehand. How early were you up this morning? I started watching this like 8.30. I was dumb. Why were you up this early? I get up at 8 every morning. Fucking poser. Why? I want to have a full day. All right. Well, I'm clearly a lazy fuck because I uh, sleep into like noon every day. Although I was up at like five this morning, but I went on a photo shoot uh, at sunrise. Uh, I was really hoping you were about to say I was up at five so I could watch this movie six times. <laughs> no, I would not voluntarily watch this movie six times. Yeah. No. Um, but no, she was uh, she was forced into this movie. And mm-hmm. Her lack of passion shows in the movie. And this is not a discredit to her. She yeah. openly admits she did not want to do this. Um, was John Travolta and um, Kirstie Alley Kirstie Alley forced into this as well? I don't believe so. Um, Were they more like enthusiastic about doing this? I could not find like specific like post mortem quote comments from them. Right. I think very much Travolta had not had a hit in ten years, and this was the like a surefire in his. The first opinion. one of these was his first hit. Yeah. Uh, and so he was probably extremely into, you know, doing another one, another guaranteed hit for him. Yeah. Kirstie Alley, probably in the same boat. Uh, she wasn't like um, a failing actress by any means, but yeah, she had TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's great to have a consistent comedy franchise in Hollywood. It's a great way to stay relevant. Good way to rake in residuals. Yeah. And I'm sure that both of them were very happy to turn the successful movie they did into a franchise successful in air quotes yes. unfortunately amy heckling was not uh excited to be along for the ride which as we said before i and i think you're absolutely right you can easily tell she's not excited about doing this because the studio like this came out a year after the first one. i guess so they had to green this came this out and they're right like away. all right you start shooting in three months uh write a script it's literally like a copy and paste from the first one but just one more baby yes Literally. It, uh, I mean, I guess we can just start going through the movie. Yeah, I mean, because there's not much more relevance it, in terms of how it affects John Travolta's career, especially in yeah, the long two-hour tangent from Chains of Gold that we had. Yeah, it's but, just it's just uh, and him sticking to something that's going to keep him afloat. Yeah. And uh, eventually this does float him to mainstream success again. Yeah. Um, critical mainstream success. This is a commercial mainstream success. Right. Um, uh, I just want to start off, if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. Because the first thing I wrote down is, we begin in the uterus again. Yes. Dot, dot, dot. It's another fallopian tube opening. Yes. Or as as the experts call it, the fallopening. (laughs) Oh, This is the only trilogy of fallopening movies. Fallopening. Fallopening. Yes. Actually, there's... Fallopening? I lied. There's another movie that has a fallopening. The Naked Gun. um, I think 33 and a third... One of the three Naked Gun movies also starts within the uterus and has a full opening. <laughs> full opening. Yeah, the fallopian tube opening, the full opening. 
I'm gonna make a letterbox list called the full, <laughs> o- move, full openings, full openings, <laughs> uh, and share it on our Twitter and Instagram accounts the day this comes out. I am not associated with this list. Yeah, the full openings. Um, I don't know why it's three you of know these movies and the amount naked. of. Well, I've I've, I, I've only seen three, so I assume you <laughs> probably see more. Jeff, are you gonna do a lot of research as to what movies start in the fallopian no, tubes? No, I'm gonna put the three of these and Naked Gun, whichever one it is, into the list, and then hope I never have to look at that list again. Well, and then you're gonna get comments and Twitter threads of people saying, "Well, what about this movie that starts in the fallopian tube? What about this movie?" Like, you're gonna find out that there's like thousands of movies that start in the uterus. Yeah, uh, because people are broken <laughs> um, but we started the uterus hollywood again. is a terrible place hollywood is a terrible why place. did we decide to work in it uh, well, but, yeah it's fine yeah we love our jobs yeah we do love our jobs that we don't have no we have jobs because we're both unemployed filmmakers still I was talking, remember when we started the first step we've already talked about this yeah in chains of gold yeah we talked about this in chains of gold so um, uterus yeah, uterus. Um, this one is just like in the first one, not the impregnation scene, but yeah. the, egg the egg drop. Just, yeah, the egg drop. The egg drop. And it has a female voice. It doesn't have Roseanne's voice. It's a different voice. It's a different voice. Yeah. That's just kind of like, ah, yeah, I'm an egg. And that's then, it. That's uh, the gag. Literally the, the, the that's, joke. That's the gag. Um, um, and then we zoom out of the out, out of the uterus. In the first movie, when they tease a second movie with the baby girl, it was a yeah. different voice than Roseanne Barr. It was Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. What happened? Um, she, Joan Rivers would have done a much better job. Apparently um, had some form of like contract difficulty or like scheduling yeah. difficulty. She had to do space balls in Mel Brooks. That was before this. Um, oh, it was before this? Yes. But, uh, you know the, Mel Brooks is in this movie. He is in this movie. And we'll uh, talk about what role he plays yes. later, but he's a great cameo. Mel Gibson, not Mel Gibson, Mel Brooks is in this movie. Like, what if Mel Gibson was Yeah, Mel Gibson just walks in and he's like, it's a baby, it's a baby, it talks. Ah! Ah! Where's my family? <laughs> uh, so. I would I would see the shit out of a movie where Mel Gibson voices a baby. Oh my God. It would probably be the, the worst move, like in terms of, subject matter well there's already alec baldwin voicing a baby there's the boss baby the boss baby <laughs> <laughs> the movie that begs the question what if a baby was a boss uh, <laughs> it'd be a boss baby voiced by alec baldwin like the, the concept for boss baby has to have just been like, <laughs> like it has to have just been what if this like you don't come to that concept unless alec baldwin's gonna voice the baby right I imagine you probably like have some other like ideas. Literally, the whole bit is him doing the ABC thing from from uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Except it's ABC because it's a baby. That's the whole conception for that movie. Well, do you think like they wrote those in when they got Alec Baldwin? No, there there, a... there's no way you're coming up with a movie called The Boss Baby. And you have anyone else in mind besides Alec Baldwin? What if it like, was? What are you gonna do? I have Al Pacino. Oh, I'm the boss baby. What if it was like Robert De Niro or like I don't know, like the boss baby. What if it was like a very well-known, renowned A-list actor like Leonardo DiCaprio or Meryl Streep? That would have been crazy. It, no, the Boss Baby has to have just been someone was watching that movie. It's like, what if this was a baby? I say that, script? and yet Patrick Stewart does play the shit emoji in the emoji movie. Yes. So anything is possible. I mean, when it comes, I mean, a lot of actors will just be like, yeah, these like non-Disney, non-DreamWorks animated movies. Yeah. You show up for a day, talking to a microphone, a million dollars shows up at your doorstep two weeks later. What's yep. not to love? What's not to love? 
Um, so who was the voice of the egg, not the baby? In uh, this? I don't know. I'm not sure. It also wasn't Joan Rivers. It was not Joan Rivers. Um, she is not in this movie for whatever that reason is. Unfortunately. Um, I can't find, let me try and see if I can find voice of egg. <laughs> Are you just looking for the cast list of egg? <laughs> I cannot find any evidence of voice of egg. Voice of egg or zygote or cell. Yeah, no, nothing of the sort. Potential fetus. Yeah, I can't find anything of that. Uh, it might have been Roseanne just doing a voice. Who knows? Oh, uh, that's true. That's true. I guess that's probably right. But wouldn't you credit them as a different name? Yes, because it's not, it's not, it's not Julie. I mean, it technically yet. is Julie. Um, is it though? It technically would be. I mean, like, because it doesn't become Julie until the sperm comes in and wiggles its way in there and gets all snuggled up next to the uh, egg. Th- this is a whole conversation about what what is con- when is conception that I don't think I want to have on this podcast. We're going to have it on White Man's Burden podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> we're um, going to get all the political stuff out of the way. Yeah, we're just going to have all White Man's one Burden. All I, I think we should. Yeah. I honestly think we should. I mean, everybody knows my politics. It's fuck White Castle. <laughs> it's my politics right there. Mm. So... I bet Roseanne yeah. Barr eats at White Castle. She probably does. Fuck you, Roseanne We're going to have to talk about Roseanne in this episode a little bit. We are um, going to have to talk about Roseanne. Yeah. Um, this is pre-racist Twitter Roseanne. Isn't it also really funny that Roseanne is still a show that exists, but, but without they killed off Roseanne? Roseanne. <laughs> well, they call it the Connors yeah, now, it's, right? Yeah, it's so funny to me. They killed Roseanne off of you Roseanne. Know, like... This will maybe get a little political. This this is like this if, might get a little. This political. is like if in the last season of Friends they all like got into a fight and stopped being friends and they made us like another season of. But it, it was, was about called, what's the it was what's called the, it was called enemy. Well, I was just thinking like who was the coffee co- the barista's name in the coffee shop at Friends? I can't remember. Like Duncan or something like that. And something that name's like not Duncan. It's like starts with a D. I'm pretty sure. Like what if it was called? They kept the name Friends, but it was just about that dude. Yeah, <laughs> the, that's the equivalent of what they did to their or, show, which or, is funny. Paul Rudd, the Paul Rudd character. Oh, in Friends. He's in that, isn't he? He is in that. He plays a pretty big role in that. Yeah. People forget Paul Rudd was in the Friends. Um, but no, to my point about the Connors and all that stuff, I I'm glad they did that because w- Jeff, you and I work in the film industry. Yes. You work on a couple prominent shows. I work on a couple prominent shows, and these are reliable paychecks for us. Wouldn't yes. it? Would it be awful if like? the lead actor said something racist and you lost your job. Yes. Right. So rather than send everybody to unemployment, just rewrite the show, kill off the character, fire the racist person, but keep the show going so people can stay employed. And we just, you know, have non-racist actors. Do you know how how they killed off Roseanne in the show? No, I don't. Okay. So I didn't watch the show. I have never seen an episode of Roseanne, but I find this, I find this all very funny. Mm -hmm. Um, in the last episode of the last season of Roseanne proper, mm-hmm. it's revealed that Roseanne has a prescription drug addiction. Oh God! No. And, and like the idea was the season after that would continue to acknowledge like her prescription drug addiction and how, and it was going to like you know dig into how a lot of yeah America has like older America has a prescription drug addiction because Roseanne for all of her faults yeah the show would always tackle some topics that weren't particularly covered in sitcom territory yeah. Um, but she, you know, uh, she said some things. She said some things. She supported a certain president. She, um, yep. 
and uh, she dies of an overdose she <laughs> off screen. She's not on the show anymore. So, yeah, and uh, she's in this movie. She's in this movie. She voices she, the baby. She plays a baby named Julie. I wish she was like, what if it was the Roseanne today voicing that baby? Yeah. I'm Roseanne. <laughs> Trump 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you ever watched God. her uh, um, sing the national anthem at a baseball game, it's very funny. Oh, anyway, God. let's get back to the movie. Oh, yeah. There's um, a movie here. We're talking about Look Who's uh, Talking yeah, Look Who's Talking To. Um, after the full opening, we're <laughs> out and Mikey is... We're checking in with our old friend Mikey, voiced yes. by Bruce Willis. Voiced by Bruce Willis. Who can now kind of talk? okay um, this was my issue you can with say the words first movie is that this kid can talk and yet bruce willis still has a place in this boy's head because because he's a, it's re- a past lives of l ron uh, hubbard l. Ron and you hubbard. Know, it's all it's the past lives are in his head talking this so is what we established so this does con- he hear these past lives talking to him I think, like we said last week, it's like a subconscious thing that so Mikey can't hear the Bruce Willis like, voice. It's like it's like the Freud stuff of like you know the super ego and the uh, the id and all that. This is like the deep Bruce Willis is the deep down like subconscious that Mikey doesn't realize is informing him, but does. And but we pa- as the audience and can hear it's it. the past lives trying to break through and become whole in this person. It's just weird that he can like talk. Yeah, talk to other babies. And not just talk to other babies, but it can also talk in real life. Yes. So it's it opens the door for a lot of questions for me, Jeff. Yeah. It at the beginning of this movie, because you know, after we check in with Mikey, he starts having visions of monsters in his um bedroom. It's the visions, man. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Um, that was when I was like, wait, is this movie actually going to be good? Is this going to be like just live action Rugrats? Maybe. It very quickly, it does not become that. No. Um, but I was like, if this was just live action Rugrats, I'd kind of be into it. And also, at the same time, what's happening is uh, John Travolta and Kirstie Alley are trying to get down. Yes, they're trying to have another baby. Get down with the sickness. Are they trying to have another baby? Because don't yes. doesn't she? No, she puts in a diaphragm. No, I'm pretty sure they say they were trying to have another baby. She puts in a diaphragm, bro. Whatever, because there's a whole bit where all the sperm like bounces off the diaphragm. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, oh, you're what right. is this? We can't get in. And and one of them one finds a way sperm through. wiggles in because you know diaphragms aren't 100 effective. Yeah, which is like, you know, not to mention that like why wasn't John Travolta just wearing a fucking condom? Yeah, but I guess you know, fuck women. I guess yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's uh, expected for them to go the extra mile. Not to get political again, but did you hear the story about how they had like? Um, male birth control but they stopped because men got too emotional in the test trials god why do we suck <laughs> why do um, we suck but you know mikey has monster visions while they're like getting down getting down with the sickness um and they successfully um and is successfully impregnated well uh, unsuccessfully do not avoid pregnancy yeah well it's successfully pregnant yeah um and then it just starts talking with roseanne's voice yeah, and then the sperm all, you know, it, I've never enjoyed the whole sperm wiggling into the egg thing because it feels like a crack in the egg. Yeah. Like, the, like it's, no, a little, it's weird. Like the sperm is penetrating the egg. It's and weird like, because. And there's voices. Like it's, as, it, like it's entirely structured, like, and like the, the two actors voicing the egg and the sperm voice it like a rape scene. Yes. It's very. Yes. That's what I was just going to say. It's. Because they're kind screaming. Kind of disturbing to watch. They're screaming. Like, the egg is, like, screaming, and the and the, and the guy's sperm is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's like, no, stop, stop, leave me alone. 
it's pretty intense. Yeah, I it's I got uncomfortable. Really fucking weird. Yeah. Um. So, but the 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 eggs back to our family friendly movie. Back to the family friendly movie. There's like opening credits or something next. Yeah. Um. So John Travolta um, in this movie is still a cab driver. Molly is still James Ubriaco. Kirstie Alley is still an accountant. accountant. Um. And the first, this is where we get to like the first th- very thin plot of this movie, yes. which is Molly John, makes the money and John, John Travolta does not. And that is like, like if anybody in our audience thinks we're going to talk another 40 minutes about much more detailed, complex plot, I'm going to let you know now that that is it. That is the extent of the plot. That is the extent of the plot. It they is. They get into a fight and that is the movie. Yep. Like I said, this movie is 75 minutes long. Yep. Absurdly short, which yep. I'm glad for because I, I did not want to watch more of it. Yeah. But but that's the plot is John Travolta doesn't make money. Kirstie Alley does. John Travolta's upset about it. Kirstie Alley, I guess. And also the message of the film is weird. So I guess she has to be okay with him. Like, what would you, if you had to like yank out a point a theme in this what would it be for you because like i got that it's like kirstie alley shouldn't be mean to john travolta about not making enough money for the family like or maybe john travolta shouldn't be so upset about not making that much money like if there is a point to this movie what did you get this movie's trying to and this is not at all like something that succeeds but i think this movie's trying to be about the way that uh like divorce messes with kids yeah that's true because there's all this stuff about like with mikey and julie which you noticed yeah. that so in in the so um christy alley's character name is molly yeah john travolta's character name is james their first kid which is not john travolta's biological kid but their first kid is named um mikey which is an m name yeah and then with molly Jack. and then their daughter is julie which is from james it's the 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 smith family approach yeah exactly where it's will and jada and they name their kids jaden and willow yeah so it's the, the smith family approach yeah yeah um but yeah um you know while she's pregnant they're trying to still raise mikey and yeah. honestly like the biggest plot thread of this movie is mikey trying to use the bathroom yeah it's that, him getting that is potty the trained. main plot thread of this movie. It's him getting potty trained. Um, he, they like buy like a, a toy, like a little potty for him that has like the classic fuzzy fur toilet yeah, top, and, he, and he's like not into it. He's not into it. Um, and so they start like dancing and singing, and there's this weird moment where Travolta does the Beastie Boys. I was like, "You gotta fight for your right, right to, to potty. potty," and the kid's like. We did not need this. <laughs> Bruce Willis is like, this is not necessary right this now. This is what Bruce Willis is the voice of the audience at this yes. point. Because <laughs> I'm also like, why do we need this? Yeah. Um, she gets oh, pregnant weird, fast. Yeah, pregnant very fast, and then we kind of just skip through most of the uh, the um, the pregnancy. Yeah, it's kind of like zero to ten. Nine months popping out. Nine months right away. But what? they tell they tell Mikey he's gonna be a big brother. Yep. Uh, and he's like, oh, and he's like some vision about you know what it means to be a big brother which yeah. is another i guess a plot point the yeah. kids have more development than the adults do it, which is the opposite in spite of that they feel more perfunctory to this movie than ever before 
Like the kids have the kids have a plot thread that's actually followed through in this movie, and yet they feel so unnecessary. Like if you took out the baby voices, this movie would like nothing would change. Nothing would change. Well, and I think we said that about the last movie too. Yeah. With if there was any plot points with the kids in the first movie, which I don't think there was. Yeah. Well, I guess if there was one, it's Mikey wanting a dad. Yeah. Which we talked about. That was the original title of the first movie, Daddy Wanted. Which mm. I'm just like, why you missed out on opportunity? Daddy, Daddy Wanted. <laughs> you missed out on an opportunity of that title, boys. Um, uh, what studio made this? Was this TriStar? TriStar is TriStar still around? Yeah, I think so. I think so too. Um, TriStar, you fucked up with that title, Daddy Wanted. Daddy Wanted Two. Daddy Wanted Two. Bro, <laughs> Daddy wanted two. That has so many undertones on that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's that that missed missed opportunity there. TriStar, you fucked up. Um, is there's some stuff in the in between the pregnancy stuff with like the James, like I think he talks with um, Christy Alley's like mother, and her, uh, Molly's mom is like mean to to james about yeah. he's not he's like working. yeah he needs to get a job he needs to get a job and they push for him to be like a pilot because he like he likes flying planes but yeah. so they push for him to get his pilot but then license is like why why would you put all this on me but you don't put it on your other son whose name is Stuart. how is it that we've had like four stewards and they've all been deadbeats <laughs> there's not been a good steward in the movie you know it's tough being a steward it's yeah. tough being one of the very few steward who has to live up okay, to my so, name so Stuart straight up sucks in this movie he does he's suck. actually the worst person he is 100 he brings a gun yeah into the family home. and you know how kirstie alley reacts well it's not loaded <laughs> it's in, you know that honestly like all the steward stuff has me on travolta's side in this movie which i don't think i'm supposed to be right like I'm like he no this guy with a gun should not be around your children right yeah um well it's not loaded this is also but, New York in the 90s yeah. where everybody has a fucking gun probably but that's also jumping a little bit ahead um, it is jumping a little bit ahead um so we sk- we 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 kind of skim through the whole like John Fulton needs to get a job yeah. and Kirstie Alley makes we, more we, money we skim through because there's nothing to it right it's so like then we to- get to because I really want to talk about is the delivery scene yes because holy fuck for a PG-13 movie. This is a pretty bloody scene. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the baby is coming uh, while she's at the accounting office. Yep. And there's a scene where, like, she's talking with some clients and her boss is right next to her. And we get the, the reprise the, yeah, of the, the demon, demon voice. voice. Where she's like, ain't the guy having a baby. She's like, uh, just fucking file the tax return. Like, something yeah. like that. Also, I noticed there are two fucks in this movie. Yes. And I had thought, correct me if I'm wrong. That in PG-13 rules, you have one use, one non-sexual you, use of the word fuck. You are correct, and there's actually an iMovie trivia fact about this. That's very weird. And they have, they use, they use the word fuck twice. They use two fucks. And neither, I think, are in sexual use. Like, you can't say in a PG-13, we should fuck. Yeah. But you can say, this is fucking awful. Yeah. Um, but you can only use it once. They have it twice in this movie, yeah. both non-sexual uses, but it's also like, isn't, isn't the MPAA so weird? It's like, yeah, you can only use fuck once. Because if a kid hears it once, they won't think anything of it. But if you hear it twice, oh, God. They the might repeat gonna, it. Yeah. They're going to lose their mind. And the first one's early in the movie. Yeah. Isn't it like the first scene? Something like that. I think, it, yeah, I was like, I think pretty sure it's in the first scene. They use, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it caught me off guard. Like, and I had to double check the rating. I'm like, did they just straight up throw out the family element in this? Yeah. 
And then the fa- and then the delivery scene made me also question that yeah. because we got our old friend Don Davis, the doctor from Twin Peaks. Oh, um, as yeah. Don Davis. Don Davis, which he looks like such a Don Davis. Yes, he um, does. But uh, he's delivering. He's delivering the baby. And so there was something where like the Julie, the baby, the Roseanne Barr's voicing, has the um, uh, uh, umbilical cord tied around her neck, which is very dangerous. They play it off. It's like, oh, your baby's going to be fine. It's like babies have died yeah. <laughs> with this shit. And Roseanne's like, I know they say life is short, but this is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, <laughs> like she's about to have like So they have to do the cesarean and you see a lot of blood and organs. Yes. So like, uh, well, first off, let's also acknowledge the propriety of begin the cesarean. <laughs> yeah, begin the cesarean. <laughs> From Boy in the Plastic Bubble. Um but yeah, so they do a C-section. She's not okay. I I know nothing about women giving babies, but I thought if it's a C-section, like the women are like put out, not like just numb. Mm. Because I was a C-section for fo- fun folks. You're a C-section yeah. too. Hey, C-section babies. Yeah, we, we fist bumped. Um, I maybe like mom. If you're listening to this podcast, my question <laughs> is: Do they put you out or do they just numb you? I thought if it's a C-section, they would put you out. You know, see, cesarean you know, seems like there's this wonderful thing called Google, called Google where I can just say, "Do they do they put women under during C-sections or just numb them? Like, is it a local anesthetic or a general anesthetic? Right, that's the terminology. Local is when they numb you. General is when they put you on out. Right? They um they awake. Um, you're oh. awake and simply numb from the waist down using regional anesthesia. Oh. This way, they are awake to see and hear their baby being born. So it is medically accurate that yep. um Christy Alley be awake. Okay, yes. I but, stand corrected. Um, you know, but uh, she uh, she's having the baby. Travolta runs in the room, and he like passes out when he sees because they have like blood soaked gauze, and they're talking about we got to move the bladder, move her organs, and all that stuff. It's a pretty bloody scene. It's fairly graphic. And for again for a PG thirteen movie, I was like, oh okay, this is uh, family friendly for sure. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate family friendly movie. Remember when on the first look he's talking episode when I had a. Um, a family like a hypothetical family watching this and what this would be like mm-hmm. i'm just thinking about um that same family watching this movie yeah because it happens quick in the beginning where all like the r-rated elements come mm-hmm. out right away there's a fuck in the beginning of the movie there's bloody gauze yeah all that stuff like it would it's the nineties were crazy, man. The nineties were crazy. So but, um, um they have the baby. They have the baby. They bring her home. It's Roseanne. It's Roseanne. Mikey's not wholly enthused. Not wholly enthused. Because he feels like he, the baby's getting all the attention, but he still wants to be a good big brother. So you're a younger sibling, right? I am. I'm an older sibling. And I gotta say, I was told I was three years old, my brother was born. Not many memories. I was told that I liked my brother right away. But I can tell you from when I first started developing memories, I thought my little brother was a piece of shit. (laughs) So, like, it makes sense to me to see Mikey, like, by the way, Matthew, if you're listening to this episode, I love you, bro. We made up. We're good friends now. But, like, for most of our childhood, we hated each other. You know, it makes sense, like, when you get used to being the only child, having someone else take the attention. Exactly. Uh, Which Julie really doesn't. Yeah. Because they're all... still gets a fair bit of attention. Yeah. And Julie also gets right away... A babysitter 
Yeah. Also, maternity leave is not a thing in this movie. Apparently not. Because she goes right back to work. Yes. So does John Travolta. He starts his piloting stuff. Yes. There are no parents in the house. Yes. So this whole thing where like younger siblings get bulk of the attention in this movie, fuck that. Yeah. Not the case. Not the case. But um, I literally just watched this movie. I'm not entirely sure what happens because there's I no don't know point what to any next. of it. There's no point to any of it. I don't know what happens next. At some point, her brother shows up, Stuart. That's he... the next note that I have. Yeah. I have Julie has cords stuck around her neck. Molly's brother, quote unquote, Stuart, arrives yeah. and stays with them. It's because I'm sure there's like 10 minutes in between that, but nothing important happens. Yeah. It's just like bits. And he's played by who? Um... He is played by an actor whose name I can't. Pretty remember. reputable though, right? Like today he is. Let me check. He's been in some stuff. Uh, Elias Cotias. What? Um, He's in other. Yeah, stuff. Elias Cotias. He's in the Thed Ren line, which is so we'll be seeing him again because that's another movie we're covering. You know what he was in? What? He was in the the TV show I work on. Chicago PD. Yeah, he was on Chicago PD for a few for uh, four seasons. Jeff, did you work on Chicago PD? I do work on Chicago PD. Wow, what do you do on Chicago PD? I'm a production assistant. Wow, what's that like? Uh, it's great. Cool. It's a good time. Good to hear you're getting work, man. You know that. Never mind. Well, um, you know our audience doesn't know. Yeah, I'm just well, saying. he was. Uh, he was not on the show when I worked on when I've been working on it. Do you talk to the actors? What? Do you talk to the actors? I have. How is that? It's fine. Are they cool people? Normal people. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, they're normal people. Cool. But he was in it for four seasons. Yeah. Um, he was. He's been around in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, Uh, he was in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So it's at this point, um, when I started noticing, like again, uh, Molly and James immediately start working. He is flying private jets now. Um, he's it's a pilot and um molly goes back to her accounting job and julie immediately gets raised by a babysitter mm-hmm. and this is where we get the roseanne bar crying yeah there's a lot of scenes Wah! yeah Wah! It, that's your impression here's my impression mommy mommy why are you leaving me Wah! like yeah. literally if that was excruciating to our audience that's how excruciating yeah. it was in the fucking movie it was pretty bad. Roseanne, yeah. but like, you know, it was pretty bad. Like, at least Bruce Willis. Did Bruce Willis ever, like, wah like that? He does it every now and again. But he does it well enough to where I don't notice yeah. it. I mean, Roseanne has a, has a notorious voice, and that's yeah. part of it. Very pingy. Yes. Like, that. that's part of her whole bit when she did stand-up and whatnot was her voice. Yeah. Uh, so they use it to effect in this movie. Copy. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Stewart sucks. Stuart sucks. He brings a gun into the house. Yep. He's a deadbeat. He can't get a job. Cut to, I wrote down, baby ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the, we get a really tight close-up of Mikey's ass. No, it's oh, Julie's, Julie's ass. ass. Um, while they're giving her a bath. Yeah. Um, At this point. That, this movie is just a thing after thing that I don't want to see. And Mikey asks about Julie's penis. Yes. He's like, because we hear in Bruce Willis' voice. He's like, wait, where's Julie's penis? She doesn't have a penis. And then, and then the, the actual the, baby's voice says, no penis. No penis. And uh, and that's when Kirstie the, Alley and John Travolta are like, do you want to tell him? Yeah, but it's they're like, starting to fight at this point. They are starting to fight. They're starting to fight because he doesn't have like a great job. And uh, he's like, why do, you, why do you let your brother stay around here? But I get like raked over the coals for everything I do. Yeah. And um, the uh, so he's like, I taught him about the potty. You can teach him about the penis. penises. 
And so she pulls up a, a magazine. And she's yeah. like, see, like Julie, like mommy, doesn't have a penis. Yeah, and she opens she the book. She doesn't say vagina. Yes. She does not tell Mikey about vaginas at this point. But she, they just say no penis and penis. Yes. But she opens it up, and who do we see? It is a cameo from the one and only director staying alive, Sylvester Stallone. Huge picture of him in the magazine. And she points at me, she's like, penis. penis. And Mikey's like, penis. penis. And they flip the page, and it's uh, some like, some actress. It's an Olympian. I think it's an Olympic person. An Olympic person. Or a dancer. Um, no I did, I did, penis. And he's like, no penis. They flip to the third page, and it's George H.W. Bush. Um, <laughs> and they look at each other, and... Um, what does he say? Uh, I think she says, not sure. Oh, no, tough call. Yeah. My, uh, Bruce Willis is like, eh, tough call. I'm like, what is the, what is the joke with this? I, Tough call, George H.W. Bush, he may or may not is, have a penis. Is the implication that the movie is trying to stay political by being somewhat political? Or is it just that Kirstie Alley's like, I don't know if he's a man or a woman. I don't know what the joke... I mean, the, I think it was a political joke. You can yeah. tell what the joke is there. Yeah. But it, like, sure it's, a it's almost joke. like an anti-joke. Um, yeah. It is kind of funny, though. Yeah. Um, that they're kind of roasting H.W. Uh, yeah. Um, but they put Mikey into... After this, the next thing I can think of is they put Mikey into Baby Jim. Baby Jim. Yeah, with Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they bring, they bring him in, and it just like cuts this shot of Gottfried going, All right, everybody! We're gonna dance! And he's like just this over-enthused Dan. Like, Isn't that how he is in like, everything? Yes. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's literally, his humor is just him saying normal and sexual things but in his voice and it becomes funny he could just read the dictionary and just be like all right the aardvark is a queen and i'm like this is comedy gold <laughs> oh um, the 90s but um, uh that's the next thing i can think of that happens in this movie so i do know like don't they f- they fight soon afterwards yeah. about something and that's when john travolta leaves yeah and travolta leaves he walks out and she's like why don't you leave and he's like maybe i will and he leaves on the have like split custody of the kids while they're fighting. Do they ever? They don't really address. They don't say the words divorce. No, though. they're just separated. And there is a part where she's like, "Have you looked at the thing I wanted to discuss with you?" And I think that's implying that like they had discussed divorce, but they never say it. Mm. Um, but they don't. They don't get divorced. They don't get divorced. Spoiler alert. Yeah, um, Mikey me thinks that Julie's the reason, and so he gets mad at her. Yeah, uh, Mike. We also missed that Mikey has like another baby friend. Oh in yeah, this movie. voiced by Damon Wayans. Yeah, um, sort of supporting side baby yeah. character who his name is Ed, and he tries to teach him like how to potty train. Yeah, like he's like yeah, and he's like, like yeah, the, the potty eats your pee yeah, the, and poop. Yeah, and they're like what? He's like yeah, yeah, the bathroom eats your pee and poop, which leads us to another scene. Yeah, and that night um, after like Trolls has left. Mikey like wanders out. And he's like, "All right, I'm going to the bathroom," and he walks in. He's like, "All right," and he just looks it's at the toilet. Normal, he's like, "It's a normal, it's a normal toilet. toilet." But then it Cut turns to. into a fucking monster, <laughs> voiced by Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, and he's like, "Hey, little boy, let me eat your pee and poop." And it like the lid yeah. is like going up All and right, down, kids. and it's spewing Come blue on liquid. <laughs> I got poo in. I need a poo. Let me eat it. I want to eat your That's poo. That's a bad Mel Brooks. I know. But, yeah. And then he runs away and yeah. pees his pants. Yes. He's not potty trained. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
The next uh, thing I wrote. Oh wait, we have flashback scenes. I forgot about flashback scenes. We don't have a flashback scene. There's so. Oh yeah, there's like a clips montage. Of, yeah, like, the first movie. There's a clips because she isn't it with Molly where she's sad about Travolta. Yeah, and, and it's she's just, like, thinking about their him. past. Yeah. Um, also, Travolta's gotten a new job as a pilot at this point. I already said that a while ago. Did you? Yeah. Oh yeah, she got him a job, and he's not happy about it. At this point, we're just throwing out things that happened yeah. in this movie. And I don't know. No, there's no. I, you could rearrange any two scenes of this movie. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm just gonna throw this plot point out. I'm pretty sure it's earlier in the movie, but like, uh, uh, John Travolta takes the kids out for a movie and an ice cream. Yeah. And he, I love the bit. This was like actually a good yeah. bit. And I really like. Oh, where he like, finds ways to get in the movie. He finds ways to get in the movie theater. He takes the and, baby's shoe off, and he's and, like, oh, "My daughter left her shoe in there." And, and Bruce in? Willis is like, "Oh, he's not going to do the my kid left a shoe in there trick, is he?" Yeah. And then he does it. It's like, "Hey, hey, my kid left a shoe yeah. in there. Can I get in?" And he's like, "Ah, works every time." And then he oh. walks up with an empty popcorn thing. He's like, "Hey, my kids dropped their popcorn. Can you help us?" And he has them both cry. Yeah. So that the guy just gives them the free popcorn. So uh, they go away. I thought that was a decent. Yeah, bit. It's a good bit. It's a good bit. You know what this scene really did for me though? What? Um, they are there to see. It's choice between Total Recall or a Betty Boop cartoon. Yeah. Very odd choices for kids. You would naturally just take them to see the Betty Boop cartoon. The thing this scene did for me, though, is it made me wish I was watching Total Recall because that's a great movie. It is a good movie. Did you end up watching it after this? I, I did not. Yeah. But I really want... I just got a, like this 4K OLED TV and I have uh, Total Recall on <laughs> Jeff, four. you've mentioned this to me four times mentioned this the TV. recording. I'm really excited about this TV. Jeff, are you really excited about this TV? I'm very excited. But I have total recall on 4k and i really want to watch it and like melt my eyeballs with that movie wait on your new 4k tv yeah i want to watch uh total recall you got a new 4k tv i did that's really cool really good tv <laughs> um, um did you play red dead redemption on your 4k tv i did it looks beautiful yeah um you know what you need to do what watch planet earth i, I could melt my eyeballs with get that, yeah. really stoned no i put spider get... i put spider verse on. oh heaven to betsy good Lord, <laughs> uh, was that was that nice? No, that was really nice. Yeah. I liked that a lot. But uh, yeah, th- I wish I was watching Total Recall instead of this movie. I uh, wish I was watching Total Recall right now, rather than yeah. talking about watching this movie. But um, yeah, Travolta's he flies, and then you know they're still fighting, and they go. Julie he, learns how to walk, and Molly's at the uh, the the baby gym and all the kids won't listen to Gilbert Godfrey. He's like, all right, everyone, form up! And none of them will do it. Um, uh, and then Travolta comes in and dances and sings Elvis with them. They'll follow him. Oh, yeah. that was, kids love him. I was just thinking like, oh, this is a nice little Amy Heckerling like, hey, John, you can dance to this, right? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. It's like, all right, do that. Let's roll camera. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he just dances. And it's like, this is a very useful uh, way of this is a very good use of John Travolta's talents in yes. a movie. Just like make him dance. Yeah, and then it ends, and he grabs Mikey, and he's like, and passed by Molly's like, talk to you later. You think that's what like Quentin Tarantino was watching this movie, and he saw that scene? It's like I need to find a spot where he can dance in my movie. I mean, I don't think he watched this and said that. I'm no, sure I think he, he watched... did watch this movie. And said I'm pretty that. sure Tarantino does. Uh, was just like, yeah, John Travolta can dance and used to be in good movies. Why don't I do those things? I think he was watching Loki's talking too. That would be extremely funny if he was. Um, like, Quentin, what was your inspiration for the John Travolta Uma Thurman dance? Well, you see, sir, I was watching Look Who's Talking yeah. To the other day. And um, I realized John Travolta still had the dance moves. He still had it in him. Yep. Uh, this At this point in my notes, I wrote, this movie has no plot, and I stopped taking notes. Uh, I wrote down, Julie walked, John Travolta dances at daycare, Mikey gets potty trained. Yes, he fin- he succeeds. He succeeds at gets, getting potty trained. Um, and then I wrote down, 
short movie blew right by yeah <laughs> um i still have more notes after that because then that's when this is the end of the movie yeah travolta's um and molly are fighting again they're fighting again and he's like i have to go fly the plane she's like but there's a storm he's like i'm gonna fly the plane anyway it's my job well i think he said something like they haven't canceled the flight yeah which is like very true like you know for pilots it's like he, by the way if you ever are deciding like if you're trying to figure out if your flight is going to be delayed or not somebody told me this where it's like if you're flying with united chances are they're going to take their chances oh good thing i don't fly with united. well versus with like southwest or delta if it like rains storms or whatever it's like chances are they're going to get delayed or canceled yeah i because i was at atlanta one time flying back and i remember i was coming off of a gig and like the ad was like so like I heard there's a store coming. It's like, yeah, I'm kind of worried it's going to get delayed. And he was like, well, who are you flying with? It's like United. I'm like, nah, they'll take off. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, United will take their chances. Um, but, but, yeah, yeah he's so just he like. So he goes to the airport, and then Molly is just like, I can't let him die. Cause, yeah, because. This movie gets really dramatic in the last, like, five minutes. It is the last five minutes. Yeah. And so she rushes off and leaves the kids with Stuart. Because she tries calling the airplane attendant person yeah, like the, I guess she calls who's them. being very reasonable with yes, her and, and he's she's like, not I, and he's like i don't know how to get can, can you get my husband and he's like who is he it's like it's uh james Barack. he's like she's he's he's on the tarmac it's like, like he's on the tarmac it's like well i need to see him it's like i i literally can't do that for you ma'am it's like well i'm just gonna go there myself and then he she leaves yeah so then she drives to the airport what then what is happening while this is happening so she leaves the kids with fucking Stuart. Yes. With you. With me. Yeah. Um, and then Stuart's just hanging out. He's making dinner. And then a burglar breaks into the apartment. A burglar breaks. Stuart pulls his gun on him. We are. You know how we do this sometimes, Jeff? Yeah. We'll make up hilarious endings that didn't yeah. actually happen. Folks, this actually happened. Yeah, this movie with five minutes left, no plot. A burglar breaks in. A Stuart burglar fights br- with the man. He pulls out a gun. It's, un- a, it's not loaded. They, they fly out a window onto like Because the, he chases him. Yeah. Like, like he didn't steal anything. They're on like the fire escape and like, a, like it's a rain-soaked fight. It's oddly dramatic. Yeah. Like again, um, why did he have to chase him? At the same pride. time, a like he left a towel on the oven and it on the stovetop and it bursts into flame. Catches on fire. With the baby still inside. With Molly or with, with Julie and so Mikey. So we have still like inside. a return of the Jedi, like three pronged <laughs> ending where there's Molly racing to the airport to rescue James from the storm. There's Stuart who's chasing the who's burglar. Fighting down the, the burglar street. down the And then fire there's escape. Mikey and Julie in a flaming in a apartment. Flaming apocalypse. Yeah. It's at this point that uh, Julie succumbs to carbon monoxide poisoning, yeah, and uh, Mikey does get out, but he has like third-degree burns all over his body and swears vengeance against Batman. Yes. He becomes Two-Face. Yes, Mikey becomes become Harvey Two-Face. Two-Face. Isn't it just really funny that this villain named Two-Face? Anyway, um, <laughs> but like, like everyone's like, Two-Face, man. I'm like, that's the goofiest fucking what, name. Hey, I love Gordon, it. what was the name you guys had me? Had for me down at MCU. MCU. Two face, Harvey. Two face. No, no, no. You got, you got. We got to savor. It's like, oh, Harvey. I don't know. It's like, say it, say it. Say it! But yeah, two uh, face. Two face. Funny name. But Molly <laughs> rushing to the airport. She gets onto the plane. He's like, I need to take off. It's my job. He's like, You wanted me to get a job. Here I am doing it. Why are you so mad? 
and then and Molly is just like, no, there's a you storm. Can't it's die. like, and it's like you can't die. The storm's coming through. It's gonna be bad. It's like they haven't canceled the flight. And then the flight gets canceled, and like literally, the problems are solved. Literally, like he gets a call on the tarmac. He's like, hey, uh, according to all flights, we have canceled all flights because of yeah. the storm. And they're like, oh, okay. And they make out, and because apparently they reconciled over this, because he saw that she does love him, and she realized she loves him or something like that. But they make out, and they take a cab back to their apartment. And he's like, who'd you leave the kids with? And she's, he's like, Stuart. He's, he's like, like, what? Stuart! So they rush home. That's what normal people respond yeah, when they, they rush when I'm back and they anybody. find Stuart in a brawl in the middle of the street with the, the And you know fire. what happens? John Travolta punches him once. Yeah, he runs over <laughs> and punches the guy in the face and he's out for the count. Yep. You look up at the apartment, it's on fire. James Bracchio apparently was a boxer in his old yeah. day because he just sucker punched this guy. Yeah. And then we're up in the apartment and Mikey's like, I do love you, Julie. I need to save your life. And he pushes the baby out. Into the elevator, and they take the elevator. And they, they're they fine. Yeah, and John Travolta and Kirsten Alley run into the building, and the babies come out of the elevator. And then John Travolta runs into the apartment. Yeah, into the f- fiery abyss. Grabs a fire extinguisher and puts a flame out. Yep. It's very quick. It's all, This is a very dramatic conclusion that has an undramatic ending where everything just kind of gets solved very quickly. Yep. I just wrote down, the, my last note was, Mikey and Julie bond at the end. Yes. There's a scene where they're like, I don't know, this is like in the summertime, and like yeah. Julie and Mikey have like a bonding moment. It's like, yeah. You're going to be my little sister, and I'm going to be a good brother, and I'm going to take care of you. And then they walk off into the sunset. And then there's a freeze frame, and the movie ends. But the end of the movie is that the, the parents reconcile. The kids reconcile as well. Stuart finds a girl. It's like oh, the babysitter. yeah. He does find a girl. It's like Kirstie Alley's friend. Yeah, from the beginning of the movie. Um, John Travolta is better with Kirstie Alley's parents now because he has a job. Everything gets really tied up in like a two-minute montage. Yep. Not even a montage. just the scene. Yep. Where it's all like, oh, yeah, everything's solved now. And that's the uh, movie. That's the movie. That's Look Who's Talking To. We're at 53 minutes. I mean, we're not done yet. You always, you're always like, well, we're not in an hour yet. And I'm like, the episode's yet. not done. Okay, the episode's not done. Um, we still have to talk about the aftermath of this movie. Okay, let's talk about the aftermath uh, of this, this movie. This movie just has no plot. Um, the first movie was a success, both critically and commercially. This one does not have the critical success of the first one. No. It has a 13% Rotten Tomatoes. It, right, it's only based on 15 reviews. Rightfully deserved, though. I would uh, say I would put this at fifteen percent. I, I would put this at like maybe like forty or fifty. It's like not really it's not a good movie. I it's like eight. If it was longer, I, I thought have, it was a. It's a total waste of my time. If it was longer, I would be mad. But it's like seventy five minutes in and out, and I can't like be too mad. It's not long enough or bad enough for me to be mad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I would say twenty yeah. percent, man. Maybe maybe it, it received mostly negative reviews. Um, it made $47 million the box office, so only like half of what the first one made. Um, let me confirm the exact numbers of the first one. Made $47 million? Yeah, the first one made... Oh, okay. The first one made $297 million. At, what was the budget? Um, the first one had a budget of like $7.5 million and made, and two, made, made about $300 million. And then what was the budget of the second movie? Um, I, I does Pro- not list the budget of this one, but it made forty-seven. So huge yeah. drop off from the first yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. And you know, however, still a success for its budget range. Yeah, and which means they made a third one. They made a third one. They did make a third one of these called "Look Who's Talking Now." We will be talking about it in the coming weeks. Is Roseanne Bar- Bruce Willis all in that one? They're too? not. Travolta and Kirstie Alley come back. The babies do not have inner monologues in that one. Because their Scientology, like, I guess got repressed or something like that. Amy Herkeling does not direct the third one. Mm. She's not contractually obligated for the third one like she was this one. And she got the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah, she got out of there and I believe made Clueless. Oh, good for her. So she she found success immediately after. I mean, she had had success prior to this, not to 
say that, but you know, she um let me Yeah, she uh she made look who's talking too. And then immediately follows up with Clueless. Damn. Which is huge success. Yeah. So she actually gets out of this really well. Um unlike Travolta who sucked into a third one <laughs> that we have to cover. Um Yeah. We do have to cover that one. Yeah, this movie uh failure at the bo- failure critically a success at the box office though not compared to the first one yeah it's like a 250 million dollar drop off which is bad it's pretty bad but they still made enough to justify a low budget third movie um, that is and it has dogs in it it's about dogs talking it's a dog movie yes. which is like read watch any other dog talking movie you can find yes there's plenty of okay homer bound ones. exists Homeward Bound exists. It's a brilliant but, movie. It's fine. It's good. Shut the fuck up. It's Jeff. a good movie. I will yeah. sucker no, punch I'm... you across this table. Um, Michael J. Fox is good as Shadow in that. Or no, he's Chance. Chance. Yeah, he's Chance. Um, to put some respect on my name. This movie got nominated for two Razzies. Make... Worst Supporting Actress for Roseanne. Uh, and Worst Supporting Actor for Gilbert Gottfried, which I'm mad about because he's the best performance in this movie. Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. When he's just in there with the baby. I, like, it's the only part of this movie that I genuinely found funny. I did not. I'm not going to say it's a good performance, but it's the only part of this that's genuinely funny. I didn't think that was genuinely funny, Because it's Gilbert Godfrey just yelling shit, and that's naturally <laughs> funny. I don't think so. <sighs> I think our comedy is just different. No, you just have wrong opinions. <laughs> uh, uh, Toy Story 4 fucking rules. I never said it in. You kind of trash talked it a little bit. Um, Jeff is a so charlatan. Here's something fun about this a movie. Fiend. Um, so, Baby Mikey's friend Ed, um, who's voiced by Damon Wayans, yeah, was voiced by Richard Pryor originally in trailers for this, but he was in too poor of health to finish the performance because he died shortly after this movie, right? Didn't um, he die in ninety? Let me find out. Let me find out when Richard Pryor passed. He died in 2005, so it was like 15 oh. years old. But he he was he was struggling. For he a was bit. old though. Yeah. he died old. What oh, he, he died 65. Well, that's not that. So old. he was only in his 40s or 50s, but he was just not doing well health wise at the time, so mm. he couldn't finish this. Okay. Um. So Damon Wayans kind of came in last minute to finish this off. Yeah. Um. The plane in this movie that Travolta flies is actually Travolta's own plane. Of course it is. Uh, the Learjet. Before the fact or after the fact. Uh, before the fact, like he was into flying in the uh, the eighties, and they just like used his plane. Yeah, I guess like why buy a rent a plane when the lead actor can just give you one for scale? That's kind of what. Yeah, I I still haven't gotten over like John Travolta's like flying fascination yet. He loves it. He wrote a book about it, really? which we're gonna cover on this podcast. What's it called? Um, what's the book called where he loves? Talks I don't know. About flying? I'm gonna read it and give a book report on. I have two book reports to write for this podcast what name them i'll read them with you no the moment by moment book okay nope not that one i'm not um, gonna do that and, one uh, travolta's airplane book yeah see we're only covering movies we're not covering tv or books but we are going to do two bonus episodes yeah covering the moment by moment book um and you, good luck with that i'm not reading that fucking book i'm gonna read it and what am i gonna do listen to me talk about it I'm going to see if there's any insights the movie did not reveal for us. While you're looking that up, you know what's one thing we haven't talked about yet? What? The hair. Cue hair music, I suppose.
cool all right so that was the hair music um so the hair uh nothing special oh his his book is called a uh, propeller one, i just one put way us night into the hair segment jeff yeah well the music has played we're not out of the hair segment yet his book is called propeller one-way night coach a fable for all ages by john travolta okay i'll pick it up in bookstores near me um all right so the hair ranking um nothing special about this movie um it's the exact same hair as look who's talking the first one so i would say the repetitive nature of the hair drops it even lower though Ooh. because it's the exact same ass hair and there's nothing special about it so i think when we talk about chains of gold i put it in between uh blowout and two of a kind um i'm getting i'm getting it up he's getting it up i have low reception in this room okay i'm sorry stop sorry we literally just lost so many audience members right then no we did it i'm sure they love it all right so the first one's between two of a kind and the dumb waiter So you just want to match it with the first one? Yeah, put it below two of a kind above basements. Wait. Below look this look who's talking and above basements. Okay. okay. Did I say two of a kind? Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I meant yeah, put it above basements, below look who's talking. Yeah, it's just the same hair from the first one. Yeah. So that's the hair report? That's the hair report. <laughs> Cool. All, All right. right. Um, do you have anything else you want to... I mean, we anything that we didn't cover in this, we probably covered in the first one or will cover in the third movie. Um, it got old real fast. Yeah. I'm optimistic. Um, it seems like we're going to have a fun guest for the third one who genuinely liked these movies growing up. Like as, who? Uh, as a friend of mine. I don't want to like say it just in case they're unable to because they might not be able to. Will you tell me when we stop recording? Yeah, of course. Okay. I've already told you. Um, they liked these movies? They generally like these movies. I don't know who you are, Which, Jeff Sweeney's friend, but uh, we I will welcome you in yeah. my home. But it will be, uh, it, sh- it should hopefully be fun. It'll be a sparkly debate. But we have a few movies to cover before we get to Look Who's Talking Now. Yeah, because there's a little bit gap between this one and the third yes. one, right? There's like a there, three, there's like a three-year gap. So that makes me think, like, that means they waited a while before, like, saying, okay, we need a third one of yeah. these. Which makes me think, why? Yeah, they took they took some time off. Interesting. Maybe they'll find a new director. The studio just had some money. <laughs> Lying around. Like, ah, let's make one they, of those. Well, they had to find a new director. They had to find new voice yeah. actors, you know. But next week, we're not talking about that. We are talking about... The movie Eyes, Eyes of, of an, an Angel, Angel. Uh, an unwatchable movie. I don't mean that as in like bad unwatchable. I mean, we've covered some movies on this podcast that are very hard to watch. Yes. That I've had to order DVDs of off yeah. eBay. This is one that I had to order a VHS. <laughs> and immediately after we record this episode, you folks are listening to, Stuart and I are going to go l- watch Eyes of an Angel on VHS. Because your boy owns a VCR player. He does. I have some vintage VHS tapes. But here, here's the fun thing. Even if you didn't, it would be cheaper to order a VCR and the VHS of Eyes of an Angel than to buy a DVD of Eyes of an Angel. How much did Eyes of an Angel cost on DVD? It's like $200 to buy Why one. the fuck did it cost $200? It's like they only made like one printing of them in like the early 2000s. And now you own a print VHS copy of yes. Eyes of an Angel. Um, which is which cost me eight dollars. I mean, let's just acknowledge the fact that whoever John Travolta's publicist is who has just, really hidden some of these movies. Yeah. Like 
that is impressive. Like when I'm not people, even mad about it. Like the reason, like we're talking about the '80s because it's important um, to the concept of our show. But they really don't want people talking about the '80s. <laughs> they successfully kind of erased um, ten years of John Travolta's career. Yeah, and reframed him um, in the '90s as like success in the '70s. Um, and then, you know, just continue to have his success in Pulp Fiction and, and uh, Primary Colors and all that. You remember him from Saturday Night Fever, Grease, Pulp, Pulp Fiction, Fiction. <laughs> like, Face Off, and it's like, whoa, what like, happened wait, between wait, wait, there? It's like a, well, there's like a 14-year gap there. Yeah, it's like, oh, nothing happened. <laughs> nah, nah, it's fine. It's, it's like, totally it, fine. Yeah. Totally fine. It's like that bit in, uh, I can't remember what TV show it was, but like, they're like the German History Museum. It like, jumps from 1930 to 1946. <laughs> um, You're like, wait a minute. What, wait, happened? what happened there? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, ha- nothing happened there. Um, but yeah, that's John Trolls' career. Um, it's, yeah. There's just 14 years missing in terms of the public consciousness. Is it really 14 years? 14 years is gone from the public consciousness. Because we... Blowout comes out in 1980. Pulp Fiction's 94. Wow. They really wiped out 14 years. They really erased Do you think he remembers what happens in those 14 years? Oh, I'm sure he does. I mean, he met his wife on The Experts. He did meet his wife Or on his the uh, recently passed wife, which is sad. It was very um, sad. But he met her on The Experts, so he he definitely probably like looked back at this period and not fondly Super in terms fondly. of... He doesn't look back on fondly career-wise, but I'm sure he looks back on fondly personally-wise. He was in his 20s, the prime age. Yeah. He met. He danced with Princess Diana. He did. Um, met his wife. You know, it was successful personally for him, even if it wasn't career-wise. Right. Got to do a play. Yeah. With Robert Altman. Robert Altman, which we covered. Um, yeah, that was that's Travolta's eighties. Um, we're on our way out of them. It's Eyes of an Angel, Boris and Natasha. Look who's talking now, and then Pulp Fiction and his well, resurgence get... in the nineties with a uh, independent and uh, blockbuster cinema. I'm looking forward to it because yeah. this has taken a toll, Jeff Sweeney. <laughs> talking about all these really bad movies with you, great as it may be, but I'm ready to talk passionately about a yes. good movie remember our saturday night fever episode you always you say literally every one of our recent episodes ended with you saying remember x episode where we were where young we were happy young. young and happy unemployed <laughs> yeah good times um bad times at the old royale so that's the episode folks that's a movie i haven't seen uh yeah that's the episode um we hope you enjoyed oh thank you folks for sticking with us um you can check in next week for Eyes of an Angel, a movie you cannot watch, so we will be summarizing it a little better. Yeah. Just because we know that uh, no one will have watched it. Yeah. Um, but make sure to rate, review, subscribe on every platform you're listening to this podcast on. As a reminder, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us at Travolting Pod on Twitter or Instagram for updates and fun stuff. You can pop into our Reddit at r slash Travolting. Email any comments or questions to TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. You can find me on Instagram at Stuart Elmore 95. Special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Love you, Michael Becca. Van Bodegum Smith for our theme music. Love you, As Michael. always, they rule. They, they do rule. amazing stuff. When are we getting the new thing? I'll talk to you after this recording. Okay. But yeah, this music that you guys are being let off with right now. Have a great week. Talk to you next time. See you, folks. Bye.